Well, good evening. My name's Phil. I'm one of the leaders of the Globe Church, and um, happy Christmas. I think I get to say it. We're close enough, right? Happy Christmas. Uh, we're going to spend a few moments thinking about what the message of Christmas is from the Bible. And I want to start by asking you how 2017 has been. How's, how's the year been for you? Here's a phrase that I've heard in my house and out and about. Um, the world has gone mad, right? A news headline comes up. The world has gone mad. Have you found yourself saying that? Have you heard other people just go, what is going on in our world? 2017, things in the world have just been a little bit unexpected, to put it, to put it mildly. You know, there's things like um, Little Rocket Man um, and all that. And the biggest surprise of them all, I think, was the success of the Great British Bake Off's move to Channel 4. Because we all expected Noel Fielding to be really creepy talking about cakes, but he wasn't. It was all right. But it's been one of those years of shocking headlines of... Has the world gone mad? Well, I've got a solution that I want to propose to you. Watch Paddington. Watch Paddington. This is from the Empire Review of Paddington 2. Paddington 2 should be prescribed as an antidote to anyone who finds the madness of the modern world a bit wearing. (laughs) What do you do with a world that feels like it's gone mad? Well, the warm glow of Paddington and the kind of alternative London within it, that'll make you feel better. And actually, the Christmas season offers its own kind of antidote to a mad world. It's like we put the madness on hold, have some fairy lights and some mince pies, and we forget about the mad world out there. But I think this is a really important question that we should ask. What's the antidote for our world that feels like it's gone mad? I mean, globally, if you think of politics, of ongoing wars, even the talk of nuclear threats for the first time, seriously, in my lifetime, or maybe more personally, Each of us will have our mad world to deal with. Personal pain or hurt or the stress of just another year at work. The disappointment of a relationship that hasn't worked out. So what's the antidote to all of this? Well, at Christmas, we often look to humanity itself as the antidote. Our songs and TV at this time of year are filled with a kind of optimism. Next year is going to be different. Apart from the fairy tale of New York, which if you listen to the lyrics, it's just dark. But the rest of them are really optimistic. But the thing is that human progress still finds itself asking in 2017, and I guess it probably will in 2018, has the world gone mad? We still find ourselves, even in our lives, going, what's wrong? And John Lennon and Yoko Ono remind us of two things every year with their Christmas song. One, Yoko Ono can't sing. Two, they remind us that war is over if you want it. Easy. War is over if you want it. Except it's 2017 and the world still feels kind of mad. If you could ask anyone what the antidote to the world's madness is, who would you ask? As someone I'd like to tell us what the antidote is, I want to know what God thinks. Now, you might not be sure whether you think Christianity is true or not, but if God's the creator of all things, wouldn't you like to know what his antidote is to the world's problems and the pain of this world? Well, Christmas is the moment where God reveals his antidote. So the question we're asking is, well, what's God's antidote to the world? And we're going to find it in a reading we had earlier from Luke chapter 2. Let's have a read. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, just stop there. I wonder what the shepherds were talking about. Here's what I reckon it was. The world's gone mad. 
They were York, from Yorkshire, of course. <laughs> the world's little rocket man, Caesar, that we're talking, to you, <laughs> talking about. We've been living this year in a city which has been filled with the reality of, of terror. Well, just 30 years earlier for these guys in Jerusalem, the Romans had seized and ransacked their city. You see, I'm guessing their lives weren't that different to ours. This is the thing about human life. No matter who you are, where you are, life is life. You've got the joys and the hopes and you've got the pain and the madness and the disappointment. But then this is the moment when God shows up to ordinary people like us with his antidote. Let's keep reading. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel, God's messenger, comes along and says, I've got a world-changing announcement. This is it. This is God's antidote to the world's problems. And we're going to take it in these three little steps. A savior has been born to you. So first up, let's think about this. A savior is God's antidote to the madness of the world, which I think ups the stakes a little bit. I mean, God giving a savior kind of says, well, God, you seem to think this is pretty serious. Now, what people give you as a Christmas present can tell you a lot about um, what they think you need. Now, no matter how hard I try, I always feel slightly offended if I get hygiene products because I think... You went round Debenhams, and you saw that deodorant, and you thought, Phil, that's what he needs. And I find it slightly offensive. The gift tells you sometimes about what they think your problem is, odor, as it might be. Now, so God says what the world needs is a savior. Well, that tells us something about what he thinks that we need. And we go, well, a nice evening watching Paddington would have done the trick. And you say, we need a savior. You see, God knows that our problem isn't just that the world's gone a bit mad and the headlines are a little bit wearing. It's actually a much bigger deal than that. We need a savior because, well, we need saving. So we ask, well, saving from what? Well, there's a reason that every year is full of both hopes and joys and disappointments and failure. The problem isn't just with the people who hit the headlines. The problem lies with each each one of us, the Bible says, who in our own way, living in God's world, but wanting nothing to do with God. Think of it a little bit like this. It's like humanity is together living on a cruise liner. My parents have just gone, my parents-in-law have just gone to the Caribbean on a cruise, which is a wise move. But imagine we're all living on this cruise liner, but the one person who we don't want on the boat is the captain. He keeps wanting to do things the right way. And so we've got together and we've thrown him overboard. But we don't actually know how to sail the boat. And it's sinking, which means we need saving. See, the Bible says that we've chucked the captain overboard. We've got rid of God. And that's why our world is in the mess it is in. We've gone at life without the designer of life. Which is why year after year brings this global and personal madness. And God will hold us to justice for the way we've treated him. So let's go back to his antidote then. That now makes sense of why he says we need a saviour, because we need rescuing for what we've done to each other and what we've done to God. Now I've seen Paddington too, and it's great. 
But we need more than the warm glow of Paddington or the happy season of Christmas. We need, God says, a saviour. And the saviour, of course, is the baby. It's Jesus. So let's go on to step two of God's antidote. A saviour has been born. The second part of God's solution for our world's problems is God himself getting involved in our world. A saviour has been born. See, the saviour is God himself, the son of God, stepping into our world of madness and pain. Let me tell you a story. If you'd walked to the streets of the South Bank in the 1750s, you might have come across a guy called Edward Digby. Now, Edward Digby was a member of Parliament, and he was known for being quite a fashionable guy, a bit of a dandy, quite flamboyant, and this is what he's known for. But at Christmas and Easter, something very strange would happen. He would become really morose, and he would leave his house wearing a shabby blue cloak. Now, Digby's uncle, First Baron Holland... He found this slightly suspicious, and he, he was worried that um, Digby was going to bring the family into disrepute. So he did the natural thing and had him followed. Um, and so two men followed Digby into Southwark, and he went to Marshalsea Prison. But they lost sight of him, so they went to the guards of the prison, and they asked if they'd seen a man matching Digby's description. Yes, said the guard, but he is not a man, he is an angel. For he comes here twice a year, sometimes oftener, and sets a number of prisoners free. And he not only does this, but he gives them sufficient to support themselves and their families till they can find employment. This is one of his extraordinary visits. Digby would leave his fineries behind, go into the prison, and set some of them free. And then take them out for a meal at the George Pub on Borough High Street and get them back on their feet again. Jesus left the fineries of heaven behind, came down, was born into our mess and pain, our mad world, and he set us free from the danger we're in because of what we do to each other and what we've done to God. Well, how does Jesus set us free? Well, Christmas rolled into Easter. The man who was once the baby lying in Mary's arms now hung on a cross. And in that moment, he was God's antidote to the world. We sang in the last carol, nails, spears shall pierce him through. The cross he bore for me, for you. See, Jesus died and suffered God's justice on himself in our place. He died for me, for you. A savior has been born, but strangely, he was born to die to die in our place, that we can now enjoy a relationship with the God who made us and be completely forgiven for what we've done. You see, Digby, he went to Marshall Sea Prison at Christmas and Easter, and he set prisoners free. Well, Jesus came right into our world, was born at Christmas, died and rose again at Easter to set us free from our lives lived against God. A savior has been born. That's God's antidote for our world. But there's two little words that we haven't done yet. To you. A saviour has been born to you. I want you to imagine being one of those prisoners right here in London in the 1750s where Digby went. And it's Christmas Eve and you've been in that prison for years. And then you hear the jailer's keys as he walks along the 
corridor where your cell is. You hear a clink, clink as he goes along. And then your heart sinks as the key slots into your prison door. And then he opens the door. But then the jailer stands aside and the man dressed in the blue cloak steps forward and he says, I'm getting you out of here. You're like, who, me? Yes, you, I'm setting you free. You might not realize it, but when Jesus was born on that first Christmas day, he came into the world for you. He was born as the antidote to your pain and the pain that we've caused. And when Jesus died on the cross, he gave his life to you, for me, for you. So what's God's antidote for our world? Through Jesus, he offers us a relationship with him that will outlast the madness of 2017. God offers us a relationship that will outstrip the best this world has to offer. And a relationship that will outweigh the guilt and the hurt and the pain that we experience. What do we need to do? It's pretty simple. Like any gift, you just receive it. You pin all your hope on Jesus to be the antidote, the saviour who has been born to you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you don't look on on our world and keep a distance from us, but you care about the pain that we experience, the pain that we even cause each other. And we want to recognize this evening what we have done to your world, which you have made us to live in. We thank you that you care and you love so much that you have come near in Jesus who has been born for us. And I pray that this Christmas we would know something of that personal offer, that personal invitation to come and have you fix our lives and our world. In Jesus' name, amen.